0: The Cubs related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan, and we are coming to you on a Sunday night. We are recording this on Mother's Day. So, a very happy Mother's Day to any of our mothers that may be out there listening. And we are coming to you as the Cubs take another series. They did it, folks. They went 10 straight series Mm. now without Mm. a loss. So we will be talking about the Cubs taking two of three from those losers from up north, the Milwaukee Brewers. And we will break down those games and then we will delve into all of the stuff that happened in between Friday and Sunday, including uh, a very awful broadcast on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Our 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 national nightmare is almost over. Folks. One we more. have to get through next Sunday as well. And we'll 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 give you, you know, my tip is to sync it up with Pat, but we'll talk about that in a bit. We will talk about John Lester, the walk-off week continuing, etc. What we'll, we'll cover it all, uh, but I want to start just to get you guys in the right mindset before I do these recaps with a tweet from one Patrick Mooney, Patrick Mooney who does really great work over at The Athletic and he tweeted this, Brendan, quote the first place Cubs have won eight straight series for the first time since the middle of the 2008 season. Every opponent during that stretch, except for the Miami Marlins, was above 500 when this series began. The Cubs are now a season high 10 games over 500. Ladies and gentlemen, giddy up. Think about where we were three weeks ago right like
1: one is six two and seven and the the amount of progress made across most levels of this team is is remarkable i think we're even getting to a point despite stroke being out our comfort level with the bullpen has improved and you look at like kinsler who i, I have more confidence in kinsler than i had even you know three weeks ago and Carl Edwards Jr. showing signs of improved commands. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to watch, and of course, of course, Corey, Chris Bryant getting back on track, and Contreras continuing to just slaughter baseballs out there, and the rotation doing good stuff. It's it's good to be a Cubs fan right now, and getting to a point where you're 24 and 14, 10 games above 500. It didn't seem as if this
0: would happen so soon. Yeah, absolutely. So let me run through these games real quick, and then we will break down everything. Not much to talk about on Friday, uh, unless you are a Brewers fan, in which case I'd kindly invite you to turn off this podcast and please go away. Uh, no, just kidding. All, all listeners are welcome, but I'm not sure what you're doing here. But uh, the Brewers winning on Friday 7-0 to on, on the strength of the arm of Gio Gonzalez, who delivers five and two-thirds of just two-hit shutout baseball against the Cubs. Jose Quintana taking his second loss of the year in this one for the Cubs. He was good in this game. Game, but uh with the offense doing nothing, not good enough. Jose goes six and two thirds, four hits, three earned, three walks, and six strikeouts. He does get taken deep by Ryan Braun. Insert the booing soundtrack there, Brendan. But Not much to write home about uh, for the Cubs in this one. This game was close until the seventh inning. It was the the Brewers getting uh, the one run from the Braun-Homer in the fourth inning, and it was one to nothing until the top of the seventh. But in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, the Brewers adding two runs each, and the Cubs offense uh, was in let's-leave-everybody-on-base mode on Friday. 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position, eight men total left on base, and that is not usually a recipe for success. Again, 7 to nothing the final on Friday on Saturday the Cubs winning two to one and this was a long one folks. so uh hopefully you, you were buckled in for this one, but the Brewers getting their first run in this game on a Hernan Perez home run that made it one to nothing in the fifth inning. in the bottom of the fifth, Albert Almora doubled uh, to the right center gap kind of a, a generous scoring there for Almora, though that is technically what happened. But it was basically a bloop single uh, that David Bodie just kept running from first base. It took a while for, I believe, Kane and Yelich to converge on the ball. And David Bodie just never stopped. And you can tell that uh, some of these guys are paying attention. I, I think uh, you might say that Javi Baez is giving swim lessons, <laughs> Brendan, in his spare time uh, at practice because David Bodie pulls off a, a rather Javi-esque... Type slide at home to avoid the Osmani Grandal tag. Uh, and just to clarify, I'm not, you know, trying to knock Elmora there. I'm just saying, an RBI double. You kind is, of are.
1: You like subconsciously, you kind of are.
0: Yeah, maybe. But I, I'm just saying, like, an RBI double, I do just want to give context to that. I, basically, just to say this is more about Bodie and Will Venables' send than necessarily Elmora. But I digress. And, uh, we would go until the fifteenth inning. So the, the Cubs and this is another one of those baseball things, right? Both teams score in the fifth inning, none before that, and then not again until the fifteenth inning, where walk off week hashtag walk off week for the Chicago Cubs, the third time in a week. Wilson Cone, Treras as Pat Hughes pronounces his last name hits a bomb in the bottom of the 15th to walk this one off the final lines for some of the pitchers in this game cole hamels was really good in this one seven innings three hits one earned Uh, The Hernan Perez home run, three walks and five strikeouts. He lowers his season ERA to 3.08. As Brendan pointed out kind of in that intro there, uh, a couple, Carl Edwards Jr., really good in this game. He's had some very good outings since coming back. He's getting those swings and misses on that elevated fastball just out of the zone. He looks very good and, and much like a different person than when he was sent down earlier in the season. He has a clean inning with two strikeouts in the game. On Saturday, the Cubs bullpen as a whole was unbelievable. They throw eight shutout innings in this one, but the highlight and the person who takes the win in Saturday's game is one Tyler freaking Chatwood. He throws four shutout innings. He does not allow a hit. He does walk three across that span, but also strikes out seven. His ERA on the season now sitting at 3.10. This was a huge effort from Tyler Chatwood because he was the last pitcher available for the Chicago Cubs. Joe Madden saying after the game that basically Taylor Davis was the next man up. uh, Pretty much everybody gets into this game and they were not uh, going to use, I think it might've been Hendricks who would have been the one like on his bullpen day. Uh, Joe but they did were not, say
1: he was thinking about using Rizzo on the lefty lefty <laughs> matchup for what it's <laughs> yeah. worth. I to mean, he go is for the, splits, the best yeah. relief pitcher of all time. He does so. have a
0: career lifetime 0.00 ERA. So you can't blame Joe there. I mean, those but are just a the huge stats. Effort. Yeah, no, those are just the facts there. Yeah. Where's the lie folks. Um, but a huge effort from Tyler Chatwood, Brendan to obviously, obviously be able to give them that length, but just be really good in, in, in this game. And he features, especially out of the bullpen, that mid to upper nineties fastball. And he was throwing a, a fair amount, maybe more than I ever remember seeing from him of changeups and the mix of that, like 95, 96, 97, whatever it was touching fastball with this change-up that had some really nice fade on it in the, in, you know, the mid to upper eighties a really nice looking mix and there were there were a few at bats where, where Chadwood was going after these guys where you're looking at it going like this is really interesting. Like if he can rein in that command, you know, there was a we we, we talked about it when they signed him that there was a reason that they signed him in the first place. He's always been a big spin rate guy. He's got good stuff. But in this outing in particular, I was really taking notice of some of this stuff with Tyler Chatwood. So something to keep an eye on going forward. And then on Sunday night on the national stage, the Cubs taking care of the Milwaukee Brewers. And they do so, Brendan, behind the arm, the beautiful, glorious left arm of number 34, ya boy, John Lester, who picks up his third win of the season. He goes six and two-thirds, nine hits, one run. It was unearned. Kyle Schwarber doing John Lester no favors in his last couple starts, uh, but that is what it is. Uh, again, no earned runs, one walk, and six strikeouts. Ladies and gentlemen, John Lester's ERA at the moment is 1.16. Jeez that's it that's the tweet that's the whole thing 1.16 uh brandon kinsler gets the hold in this one he as brendan noted has been really good one and a third of no hit no run one walk one strikeout baseball he lowers his season era to 1.93 his fifth hold of the year and steve shishak comes on to get the save his second of the year a clean one inning of baseball the cubs getting their runs on sunday night on a Wilson Contreras groundout to bring home Chris Bryant in the bottom of the first. The Brewers would tie things up on a Jesus Aguilar single in the fourth inning. In the bottom of the fifth, it is Javi Baez giving the Cubs the lead, the game-winning hit, to bring in Chris Bryant again. And then it was Chris Bryant taking things into his own hands. In the bottom of the seventh, he hits his eighth home run of the season, a two-run shot. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've been all aboard the Chris Bryant-will-figure-it-out-at-some-point train uh, pretty much since the (laughs) off-season began, Uh, so this should be as no surprise to you, but uh what may be a surprise to you although we did kind of touch on this in the last episode is that he's currently putting up his best season ever in a lot of respects so look out everybody because uh chris chris bryant is gunning for that second mvp and by the looks of it it's uh something that we may be seeing in the in the very near future here but Brendan, just to throw it to you after that—that that kind of uh, quick recap. This was a very fun week for the Chicago Cubs. It starts with that, uh, you know, a frustrating loss to the Marlins to end that winning streak, uh, but then we get three walk-offs throughout this week, yeah. and. You know, as we talked about in that last one, just watching these guys like dumping Gatorade all over each other, celebrating in the, you know, disco room in the clubhouse, and getting three different heroes in these particular games with uh, Chris Bryant, Jason Hayward, and Wilson Contreras, taking two or three from the Brewers, winning another series. They're in first place by multiple games. Like you said, Brennan, it's a good time to be a Chicago Cubs fan. I love those reactions, too, that you get from
1: those uh, post-walk-off celebrations. You know, there's one that you tweeted out several times with Rizzo, but the the, the looks of jubilation on these guys' faces for playing in, like, 40-degree, consistent, rainy temperatures is remarkable. Uh, That most recent one with uh, David Bodie splashing Gatorade in Wilson Contreras' faces is next level. So... That's it's just been it's been so fun to watch. I think this was the first time the Cubs have hit three walk offs in one month since 1998, yeah. and it happened to be all within one week. That's that's insane, and I, it does kind of point to the like resilience mantra that the Cubs wanted to promote, where they're not taking the 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 foot off the pedal, so to speak, against weaker teams. With the Marlins, for example, and that continued on when you faced St. Louis, and then you faced. Milwaukee in these division the crucial division games really and to come back and be resilient and hit walkoffs left and right and never really show a time where you're out of it, it is encouraging. So, yeah, I think a lot of credit has to be going towards Joe Madden if we're you know being frank here, getting the team in a mindset of not being urgent as he says, but being present or whatever you want to call that. Whatever is going on there, it's it's encouraging and fun to see everyone contributing from. Hayward to Contreras to Javi,
0: KB, Rizzo. I mean, everyone is doing something, which is so fun to watch. And I I think, you know, we all disagree with some of Madden's decisions or pitching changes, et cetera, but I, I, I do think that you can't deny the vibe and the culture that he has created with this team, and and just the way that this team shows up ready to play every day. And I I do think you're, you're you're right there that you know we would like to see them blowing teams out every day. I think that's obviously the easiest way to go about this. But I do think it's a testament to this team that you know they they are playing in a lot of close games. We're seeing them in you know all through this week playing games where you know the the pendulum is kind of swinging and and the game is in the balance through you know at, at various times. A lot of Pat Hughes turning point moments uh, over the course of this week, especially in this Brewers series, and they're finding a way to come out on top. And I think that's always a testament to good teams. You're going to have those games where you blow teams out or you play bad teams and, and you just go off. And, you know, really the the money of a season sometimes is made on can you perform in those, uh, you know, 50-50 moments. Can you win those battles and 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 get that extra edge? So, I think uh yeah a, a really good and fun week for the Chicago Cubs. Brendan, I I did kind of coming out of this Brewers series uh kind of just a generic topic to to start with cuz we you know we finished this series with a Sunday night game against the Brewers which obviously parallels uh you know finishing with a Sunday night game against the Cardinals recently and I I'm just curious especially with where they are now do you dislike The Milwaukee Brewers more right now or the St. Louis Cardinals? more now and and I I guess you could answer that however you want but I kind of mean it in like right now in 2019 not necessarily historically I think historically everybody's answer would be the Cardinals uh that's just the you know the the kind of like lifetime rivalry for most of us but like the 2019 iteration of both of these teams their where their fan base is right now where everything is which one kind of bothers you more don't don't be blinded by this,
1: Corey. Don't don't be blinded by this. You're gonna say Milwaukee, I know you are, but just imagine a late September series this year against the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis, okay? And you'll look back on this and be like, you know what? I did hate St. Louis more. <laughs> yeah, it right. is St. Louis. Like, I hate, I hate Yadier Molina. I respect him sometimes, not all the time. Maybe like, eh. you know, once every—what <laughs> am I even saying right now? Yeah, but, I don't know. <laughs> but the only reason I say that is because he and Javi are kind of close. I, you know, it's, it's a Javi thing. But realistically, I, I don't like Colton Wong. I despise Yadier Molina. I hate the fact that Paul Goldschmidt is now on that team. I mm-hmm. suddenly despise that guy. I don't know. I don't like it. Their fan bases, their the entire fan base is moronic. We all know it. St. Louis sucks. Again, I I can't do it. I, I I Milwaukee is an afterthought.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying Milwaukee. I I have detested St. Louis and the Cardinals my entire life. I was born into that. Like it's nothing new to me. I, really, the only reason I brought this up is that it just feels like I, I have such a level of hatred for this version of the Milwaukee Brewers. No, which part this, irritates you the most about Milwaukee?
1: Like, like, like when you think of Milwaukee,
0: they, they piss you off, but like for for what reason? Just this group, just this particular group, I we, we've we talked about that just like on the whole, they don't seem like they should be this good. Just like when you kind of like <laughs> dig into everything, the, the, the money fingers thing that they do when they get on base, like yelling at the dugout. And look, I recognize that if the Cubs were doing it, I would be sitting here saying like, oh, the money thing is the coolest thing ever, right? Of course I would but there's just something about like Lorenzo Cain and Ryan Braun and Jesus Aguilar that I just, it, it really bothers me. Like Craig Council, it, like he's this big genius now for like his, for using the bullpen the way that he does because he was given an atrocious starting staff. I, I don't know. There's just something about this group that really bothers me. And I, and I think part of that stems from the they, they kind of feel like, and I, I know, Brendan, you're not a big hockey guy necessarily, but they kind of remind me of the Nashville Predators and their fans a little bit because, like, they've basically accomplished nothing other than, like, participating in the Stanley Cup finals once and, you know, winning the division or making the playoffs. But they kind of act and have this attitude like, you know, we they've won a bunch of championships and you're, like, looking around, like at, like, with these brewers, it's like, congratulations, you won the division one time like join the club I, I, there's just something about it that I really it. bothers me but you're right i do think that with game 163 and and just where we are now perhaps i'm being I, i'm i'm not being reminded enough of how much I hate the St. Louis Cardinals. And part of that is just because the Cubs have owned them since 2015. They knocked them out of the playoffs in 2015, which is the last time they've been back. They've literally been the team to eliminate them from the playoffs uh, Mm -hmm. in 2017, which with uh, Leonis Martin making that catch to literally knock them out of the playoffs the day after the Cubs poured champagne all over Bush Stadium's visitors' locker room. So perhaps that's why. But I, I was just curious. So, anyway, I I, I do want to move on, and, and I I just want to say really quickly because I I know a lot of people. oh well, so saying what's your this. answer? What's your answer? You, you, you didn't I give think a definitive I'm, I think answer. I, I think I'm. You've reminded me that the answer <laughs> is and forever will be the Cardinals. I guess I was just looking for an excuse to express how much this particular group of Milwaukee Brewers bothers me. I I just don't like them. They drive me crazy. Like seeing them win seven to nothing on Friday just makes me so mad. And their fans have started to get a little more, and, you know, partially deservedly so, right? The Cubs fans go and take over Miller Park, so, you know, turnabout is fair play to a degree. But in in the last year, like going to the games at Wrigley Field, there has been a noticeable uptick in the attitude and antics from people in Milwaukee Brewers gear. But I think you're right to point out that I only don't necessarily notice that with the Cardinals because it's been that way my entire life. It's just not some new thing. So, but I, I do just just quickly want to throw out there that Brendan and I relate to everybody who has to suffer through these Sunday Night Baseball broadcasts. Brendan, has A-Rod <laughs> never watched... A baseball game before there is something so weird because I remember in some of these playoffs when he would do the post game panels and kind of thinking that I I I, I enjoyed him and 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 I remember the rapport that too I was, I was that, that he had like with uh, with Pete Rose I think on on some of those post games and maybe I only think that because the year I'm thinking of the Cubs won the World Series in 2016 but the, he is so awful on this <laughs> broadcast and just saying stuff that is really like not true and not backed up by anything and uh, you know the last two times the Cubs have been on there he's like found bones to pick with Javi Baez for some reason the 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 one weekend saying that he needs to be more boring and today talking about you like his decision and in a in a rundown and you're you're like looking around going like of all the people you've decided to find anything to complain about it's Javi Baez for some reason like it's it, it, it and Vaskergen is really not good I I I, I never got the like infatuation
1: with him I like I I admit that I like his like Santa Maria call I think that's kind of cool but as a play-by-play guy he is so difficult to listen to he's so negative man like I know you were listening to Pat Hughes on on the Sunday night game but when there was a little dribbler down the left field line there was there was there were a few of them during the game but there was one in particular and first off the, the field is wet okay and the defense is playing a little bit further back to get a double play, and Vaskersian just surprisingly jets out, and the Cubs just stand there. Like, like are you joking, man? Right. Like, come on. Like, have you watched baseball before? A slow roller down the line. You're saying, like, they're just standing there. So right. that that's what I mean. And he always complains about,
0: like, the New Age fans and millennials or whatever it's, it's he has so, a like, little bit of john smoltz in him where you wonder it's almost
1: like, worse than do john you hate smoltz baseball
0: like why are you <laughs> like why are you on this game then like and he but, was
1: never that bad on mlb network too no his, like, i didn't think so show.
0: like i this is this is so weird to see i don't know i and it's terrible. yeah and they're they're always like so DN de- man dude i i understand and i would feel this way if it was a cubs broadcast because i don't like this stuff ever they cut to Christian Yelich in the dugout or in the outfield a thousand times. I know the, the split screen thing. Brendan is maddening. There is a baseball game going on. They have a split screen with his, Yelich's interview with Alex Rodriguez, and again, they did an interview with Bobby Bias training too. Right <laughs> during, during that Cardinals game, I'm and I would high. say the same thing. I do not want to see an interview with. Yelich with Baez, with Madden with John Lester for all I care when the game is going on we're true Well, oh, no in you would want to watch. Wanna do you would want to do that with John Lester let's not get her No I really wouldn't I want to really? watch the game man I, we can watch the interview later like this is not this shouldn't be a presentation of this, like, show, right? It's a baseball game. Just show us the baseball game. These are two of the best teams in the National League competing for the division. It's really simple, and they some they, they have to, like, justify all their expensive cameras and their studios and all this other stuff with these little featurettes that nobody cares about. But, like, they cut to Christian Jelic warming his hands in the dugout 50 times. Like who on earth is watching this and cares about this? But I I did want to say on some of these broadcasts, you can try it again next Sunday. It worked for me tonight. I paused the ESPN broadcast for about exactly two seconds and then it was synced up perfectly with the MLB at bat uh, radio feed of Pat Hughes. I threw that on a Bluetooth speaker and we were set. I had to adjust it a couple times. The timing gets thrown off a little bit every now and again, just uh, you know, the, I don't know if they adjust the radio stream throughout the game, whatever it is. So you got to play with it a little bit and you do kind of have to not refresh your Twitter immediately, but we're talking a couple seconds here and it's well worth it. You get, you get Pat in these, uh, Sunday night games, you get Len filling in, in the fifth inning when Pat takes uh, his little break it's perfect and you don't have to listen to this inane conversation with alex rodriguez that i I tried one inning tonight brendan and i was like i can't can't do this there's just nothing worse than a national crew that doesn't watch your team every day trying to talk about like the narratives (laughs) going around around your team it's 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 terrible it's just terrible anyway the, the the griping uh aside here brendan you know where I'm going to go here, okay? We've done a couple topics, but there's just something that has to be discussed here. So we're 25
1: here. minutes in, and it finally comes this up. This is later than I think later most than I, people than I
0: thought it. we were going to get, yeah. but it, it has to happen. And the reason it has to happen is because it's official. officially has enough innings to qualify. So as I said Uh, In the last episode, I led up to this, I gave a preview, uh, but it depended on his start. It depended how many innings he got and obviously how many earned runs or lack thereof, as has been his habit recently, uh, how that would have affected the stats. But as we are recording this on Sunday night after the game, we can say with certainty he is now qualified, which means that John Lester is Major League Baseball's ERA leader. I repeat, not just on the Cubs, not just in the NL Central, not just in the National League, Brendan, in all of Major League Baseball, number one in ERA is John Lester. And I want to read this stat from Christopher Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago. We uh, mention him all the time, at C. Kamka, K-A-M-K-A. I want to make sure I give him uh, the shout out there because he is, is definitely one of the best uh, baseball follows, usually Chicago-centric, but he does uh, provide some really deep stats of other teams as well and he tweeted out this uh, a few hours ago. The most starts of six-plus innings and one or zero earned runs allowed since 2015 began. There are three names tied atop this list with 57 such starts. Those names are Jacob deGrom. You might know him uh, from an incredible Cy Young campaign that he had last year with the Mets. Justin Verlander and John Lester, all with 57. Zach Grinke comes in at in fourth at, with 55, tied with Max Scherzer. You may remember uh, a young man named Jake Arietta, who is after them at 54. Clayton Kershaw, 53. Chris Sale at 50. But, Brendan, I'll throw it to you because I, I don't really have anything else to add. I've, you guys know that I. If you don't listen to me about John Lester, I don't know what else I can say at this point. But again, he is in the fifth year of this contract. He has already done amazing things for the Chicago Cubs organization in the regular season, in the playoffs, on the field, off the field. But in the fifth year of his contract, in mid-May, even in a year where he dealt with some injury, to be literally leading baseball, earn-run average, this is incredible, Brendan. This is more than you could, I think, have ever asked for from him, and he just keeps giving and giving and giving to uh, this Chicago Cubs organization and, you know, squeezing like every single ounce of value out of that contract for the Cubs that it's almost impossible to believe how good he has been on this contract. Uh, it's it's unbelievable at this point i think i think when the contract was
1: signed anything after like year 4 that was somewhat average would have been a bonus uh, he's exceeding everyone's expectations but the the john lester show on sunday night was on full display like the 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 consistent dribblers down the third base line lester's in disgust that those guys got on base doing that he's blowing snot rockets left and right in typical john lester fashion and you know, Corey, that he was giving Schwarber crap for, for yeah. losing <laughs> losing that ball in left field in the wind. You just you, at at this point, even listening to what Lester has to say after each game is like a must-see material. Mm-hmm. He's becoming he's becoming like next level legend. Like he was a legend in his own right because of his performance, but he's turning into something else. He's like he's he's a true character on this team. It's 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 fun to see him evolve. Almost into that leadership role. It,
0: it's it's awesome, Corey. I- yeah, and Brendan, you know, you mentioned these like these post game quotes, and and here was another one. He was talking tonight after the game because uh, Rizzo takes Sunday off. He he always has this back issue. It's it's kind of just something you can count on. Unfortunately, with Rizzo at this point, L- luckily it's it's always kind of the same thing. It affects him for you know, a few days uh, a week, maybe at most, and then he gets back in there. Usually a few days off, some rest, and he's no worse for wear, but he's off Sunday for just that reason, and Lester joking after the game that uh, he now has a, quote, personal lineup, and Rizzo <laughs> can just take every fifth day off, because uh, KB was making some real plays over there at first base. He turns a double play in that uh, first inning on Sunday night on a Christian Yellich ball, and, you know, he just made some really nice plays over there at first base, which, uh, you know, I think just speaks, like with a lot of these guys on the Cubs, when they're asked to move around and try different positions and, and show off that versatility, you usually get really good results from these guys, and, and that's not something, uh, I think, to take for granted necessarily, that some of these guys are are plugged in and played in other places, and they, they do it uh, oftentimes without missing a beat. So, but I, I I do love uh, John's you know little comedy hour that we have after every one of these starts I, I obviously appreciate that very much but there, there's really nothing necessarily else to add on Lester I don't think I mean he's got a 1.16 era folks it's it's you know just sort of a joke at this point' he, he's just been so good and he lowers that walk rate the, the, the thing that really stands out about a lot of these starts is he is just not walking guys. Uh, he lowers his walk per nine to 1.86, and you know we we always talk about how it's always brought up that the the discrepancy between his ERA and his FIP was well, FIP is 2.71. So even if you want to talk about the discrepancy, a 2.71 FIP is still phenomenal. So even if you want to talk about the difference there, and maybe he's due for some regression, which I will not hear any of that talk. But he's you still know, putting you know up numbers. Vangeras will write that though. Right. Oh, like of the, course. Like, like, yeah, they they want to be, be the genius that 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 predicts that before it happens or something like that. Uh, but even if you're looking at those numbers, he's still killing it. So this is just a, an incredibly impressive run for him, and he's he's really anchoring a, a starting pitching staff and a pitching staff on the whole for the Chicago Cubs team that is just doing really really great stuff right now. And it, it goes along with an offense that is absolutely on fire, Brendan. And you know I know that you know coming off of that game on Saturday uh, and and Friday as well. You know lots of guys left on base they they couldn't come up with uh runners in scoring position. They're making outs on the base paths at a rate that we really aren't accustomed to with this group uh so that's been kind of odd. But on the whole, like again, we 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 say this and it's obviously reflected in the results, but this team just really rounding into form and when you're getting quality starting pitching most days, you know, more often than not, you're you're getting really good bullpen work. You know, the Cubs still, uh, since that April 7th move day, sitting atop the league in terms of their bullpen performance. And, you know, you combine that with an offense that just has so many guys putting up major, major numbers. It's... Hard, you know again, not to to let your mind wander a little bit with with the potential of this team and and what they may be able to accomplish as the season goes on here. but mm-hmm. I, I did want to talk about Wilson Contreras in particular, after he hits that walk off on Saturday, a ball that he just absolutely destroyed. Uh, he took a change up and you know was ready for it and just launched it out of uh, Wrigley field, but we, we've we touched on just how good he's been and and the pace that he's in. And the, the homer on Saturday is his 10th home run. So he hits 10 home runs in 2018, the entire season, right? And on May 11th, 2019, he has matched that total uh, from the year before. So I think obviously stuff like that stands out. But I, I'm not even sure that what he's doing right now is even being properly appreciated to the degree that it, it, it really should be. And, and I just mean like he is, is, is putting up like top offensive numbers in the league. Like when you look at the entire major leagues, all of Major League Baseball through Sunday, the fifth best, excuse me, sixth best WRC plus in all of baseball is Wilson Contreras. Wow. Cody Bellinger's number one, Yelich is number two, George Springer on the Astros is number three. Mike Trout, you may have heard of him on the Angels is number four. And Hunter Dozier from the Royals is number five. But Wilson Contreras is number six. Like we've been saying, like he's having a great season, he's back, he's overcome, you know, Chili Davis trying to ruin his swing. But saying he's back, I don't even know if that's painting the picture exactly right, Brennan. Like, Wilson Contreras is putting up a top of the league, not just top of catchers. He's easily putting up the best numbers of any catcher, right? But he is putting up top of baseball numbers right now.
1: Yeah, and he's here. here's the thing, too. I think I'm guilty of this. I can be a bad fan at times, but you get so caught up in the framing numbers and sometimes Wilson's defense behind the plate, which, from his arm, he's one of the best as well. But you look around the league, and you look at these catchers. Many teams are fielding. They don't even come close to the talent that Wilson Contreras has on offensively, and even again throwing runners out, picking guys off. They don't come close to Wilson and the attitude and everything. So I think I say sometimes I might be a bad fan because I don't appreciate that. Like I get caught up if I, if he doesn't frame that outside pitch perfectly, I get a little irritated, and it's 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 really easy to get lost in some of that nonsense, I think, when your catcher is throwing up offensive years that are in basically the top 5% of, of, of baseball. And for a catcher, it's absurd. He's on pace, Corey, for over 50 home runs. I've, I've said this for, what, two and a half weeks now? He's continuing that pace. And he's adapting. He's handling one of the oldest pitching staffs in Major League Baseball. And a pitching stat that has constantly adjusted, that's not easy to do. And he's a catcher who's catching more innings than basically right. every other person in in the last two years combined almost he's catching more innings and like 25% more innings than the next the the second guy in the league it's yeah, insane I mean he walks it off on Saturday catches yeah. all 15 innings he's right back out there on Sunday I know and it's like oh catches my god catches a
0: great game from John
1: yeah and I'm like you know what should he even be catching after doing that but you have to have his bat in the lineup somehow and there's there's so much more that can be said about Wilson, and then you you look at what's happening in Venezuela, and his family is in Venezuela trying to get over here. It's you have more way more respect when you hear the full story about Wilson Contreras, and any type of disrespect towards him, we will not we will not tolerate. The the mm-hmm. guy is exceptional, and for him to do everything from handling the pitching staff to constantly adjusting to admitting that you know what in 2018. He did not deserve to have a year he wanted. He explicitly said that. So you give him that much more credit to come back, to adapt, to listen to his coaches, to successfully adjust within literally the first week of the season. There's nothing more that can be said. This guy is is a pleasure to watch, Corey.
0: Yeah, and I, I remember back in spring training, you know, just because you, you brought up the you know, him saying that he didn't deserve to have a good year last year, you know, he was walking around in spring training at times with a shirt that literally says, Don't believe me, just watch. He has been yeah. on a mission to put up better results than twenty eighteen, and he is doing that and then some. So I I, I I know that we've kind of delved into his numbers and, and some of those stats on, on a you know, maybe episode by episode basis because it's been warranted, but I really wanted to make sure we were putting that in the proper context. Like he's not just having a, a good season or a good season relative to the Cubs. Like he is having a top of the league offensive season right now. And it is very impressive to watch. And one thing that I, I, I did want to point out that I that I noticed in the game on Saturday, after he comes home, scores the winning run, you know, they rip his jersey off. They're they're doing that whole thing at uh home plate he and Chatwood have a moment where yeah, Wilson, even after he just hit a walk-off home run, gives Chatwood a look like, dude, this was like your game too. Like, this isn't just my walk-off home run. Like, you were a huge part of this. You earned this win. And, you know, I don't know if it was like, I hit that home run for you or whatever <laughs> exactly. But there, there definitely was a moment between them that was like, yo, man, like, don't, let that outing from you go unnoticed like that yeah. was a big deal from Tyler Chatwood so you just love that from Wilson he's just For so sure. in tune with what's going on and and he just gives off that vibe that he is he lives and breathes to help the Chicago Cubs win baseball games and that just comes across in everything that he does everything that he says and every action that he takes on the field it it just screams like I am here to help the Cubs win that's what I'm here for, and I live for it. Uh, but I, I, I do want to talk about Javi Baez a little bit, if you guys will excuse us and allow us to talk about Javi Baez. just Keep going down the
1: list every episode yeah, now. I, I love it.
0: <laughs> I do want to discuss in particular, we, we've looked at his numbers, you guys know, similar to Contreras. He's putting up another top of the league type uh, season for Javi. He is our shortstop but I, I want to talk about one thing in particular, Brendan, and I'm looking at a, a couple tweets from Jordan Bastion, again, uh, a friend of the podcast, at MLBastion on Twitter, the MLB.com writer, and he he's talking about Javi Baez going oppo, and entering Sunday's game, he tweets that Javi came into the game with a 1.447 slugging percentage, just slugging percentage, to the opposite field, which is up from 871 in 2018 and 639 in 2017. And even and, you know, of course he hits an opposite field double tonight that brings home uh Chris Bryant Sunday night, that is, if you're listening to this on Monday morning. And so he keeps that rolling. And just looking at his spray chart here, he As Jordan tweets, he is living line to line. There's at least—I'm looking at about four doubles straight down the left field line, so pulled down the left field line— There's four doubles right around, you know, straight down the right field line, so pushed oppo to the right field line, and then there's five or so doubles that are in that uh, right center gap to oppo, and that's not even including the home runs, which there are plenty of going to center or right field. So I just wanted to get your thoughts in particular. We've talked, again, about how good Javi's been, his offensive numbers, how he's you know kind of ready to match that production that he put out in 2018 when he uh, comes on in second in the MVP race. But this oppo thing, man, he is wearing teams out going the other way. And Madden talked about that last year too. There was one series
1: when the Cubs were in Miami last year and Javi was playing pepper with the right field wall. And he always mentioned... You know, that's what Manny Ramirez used to do. He used to go oppo with authority consistently. And Madden at times said when Javi starts laying off those lone outside sliders, he'll turn into Manny Ramirez. And to some degree, Javi hasn't necessarily done that yet. He still still swings at those outside sliders, but he's going oppo all the time now, Corey. And you know it's a conscious effort like he, with, with Javi he does everything so intentionally because he can he has that type of control that i don't think many of us have ever seen from any baseball player in general and so this is it's 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 mind blowing I, re- I really think it is to see where javi was 3 years ago and they pointed back to that walk off home run on, on mother's day against the nationals in 2016 He's such a different player from that point. And to see him just consistently year in, year out, even at times, like on a monthly basis, just try something a little bit different, and it works for him. You combine that with Chris Bryant's numbers and Contreras' numbers, and when Rizzo comes back from his little tiny uh, some back soreness, you have four of the top hitters in, in Major League Baseball, three of whom, because of their defensive prowess, could be MVP candidates you know KB's going to be MVP candidate if he keeps doing this Contreras being a catcher with 40 to 50 homers if he gets there of course he's going to be a candidate and then you throw in bias it's these four guys with Rizzo it's it's a day in day out basis this is what you hoped you would see when you imagine this lineup clicking it's these four guys going through on a day-to-day basis and putting up runs it's insane Corey
0: I am very much here for, you know, how the MLB Network does that MVP presentation show where they just have put the top— up the entire Cubs team. Yeah, they have the top <laughs> three guys uh, on the different satellite feeds from wherever they are. I look forward to that just being a shot of the Cubs clubhouse and whichever three it ends up being, uh, just sitting right next to each other uh, after the Cubs have, have won the World Series of course. again, of course.
1: Corey, if you had a pick at this point, let's say the season ended tomorrow. Bryant. It's Chris Bryant.
0: It's gonna be, I, I, that, you know that's, going that's to it's gonna be. That's what it's going to be. So So.
1: MVP, just to, you know, to get the listeners to full experience. You can't predict my mind like, like you can. Uh, <laughs> MVP, if if it had to be called tomorrow, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, or Hobby Bias. You're going Chris Bryant? Final well, answer? I think
0: if we were calling it tomorrow based on just this portion of the season, I think the answer would be Wilson Contreras. But I think looking at what I'm seeing right now and kind of projecting to the end of the year, like – Chris Bryant is putting up better numbers than he ever has. We read some of those last time, uh, but those were just the walks and the K rates. But through this Brewers series, now his WOBA and his WRC Plus have also rised to career uh, high rates. He's got his eighth home run. I-, I just think by the end of the year, we're looking at another Chris Bryant MVP season. He he just has all this the, the makings of it, and he seems to just be in- getting better, as we discussed yeah. on the last episode as a, a player so that that's just what I, but, but, I i legitimately think that's what's going to happen but
1: what if wilson does hit 40 okay not even not even 50, then i just, think just you 40. would yeah
0: i mean i think you would go wilson just because he's, he's a the catcher. catcher yeah, yeah
1: and, he, and you know those baseball riders will be factoring that in absolutely i yeah. love that stuff um if i had to bet money though on this i would go kb that walk rate that strikeout rate combined with that power is insane you only see that from like generationally great hitters and he's turning into one so so yeah but isn't isn't that bizarre like we're not even we're not even like mentioning hobby in that discussion (laughs) right well i did so so that does bring
0: up and and again i'm getting this from uh jordan bastion at ml bastion on twitter he is bastion mlb on instagram a a little bit of a switch there but this 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 quote Argument uh, with John Lester and Javi Baez that I I, I want to read the, the the full thing of just to give you uh, the, the the context and I know exactly what John is saying here but it, it, this is a, a funny exchange so John says quote I feel like he's been playing well but I don't really feel like he's been hot I don't know if that's the right way to describe it because obviously his numbers speak for themselves but I feel like he's just had a lot of big hits for us but he hasn't really been like kind of Javi hot. If that's the case, that just makes our lineup that much deeper. They then ask Chris Bryant if he agreed with Lester's assessment. Chris says maybe he's dot dot dot. Then Bryant laughs and continues, "No." I don't know what John's watching. Gosh. He says gosh. He actually says gosh. (laughs) 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 Gosh. I watch Javi play, and he's on base all the time. He's always making plays. He's getting hits. John's completely wrong. But no. I mean, there might be a whole other level to his game. We've all seen what he can do, but so far this year, he's been one of the best players in the whole game. So, I think he's pretty hot. I lo- out of context I love that quote a lot. I know, Chris Bryant I on Javi Baez, I think he's pretty hot. But I know what John means and I think what he means is it kind of reminds you if you think back to Alfonso Soriano. And I think what John means is that there are those times where Javi is literally impossible to get out and he is hitting home runs, you know, you'll get four home runs in a series or something like that. And John is basically, like Chris says, just suggesting that even as good as Javi has been, there is still a whole nother planet that he can go to. But I just thought this was a funny exchange because you have Lester offering his thing and Lester and Bryant really couldn't be more different, I don't think, in the way that they speak, the way that they think about things. I I can't (laughs) really envision John Lester ever saying, gosh, uh, you know, Without in that some, vein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I, I just thought this was funny. I, I, I think they're both right in a, in a way. I think Javi definitely has been hot and has been amazing. I do know what John means, though, that, that there are just times where Javi is the best player in the world, and it, it just feels like it is impossible to get him out or keep him off the bases. Uh, but I just thought this exchange was funny.
1: Isn't that a good thing, though? The fact of that course. we're not, yeah, like we're expe- like the hobby's putting up these numbers, and we're not even thinking he's hot. I, I just basically expressed the same thing, right? So there. yeah,
0: That's- so you're saying you're on Team Lester here. I- I'm always on Team Lester. Um, <laughs> you know that Corey, but
1: but it goes to show you that in some way his consistency is something that's not being marvelled at. And right now
0: we just expect we this expect level it. of amazing play from Javi Baez. That right.
1: sort of means that you've like made it to, to some degree. Where now it's not it, it's more of a surprise when you're when you're slumping than it sure. is when you're doing well. It's it's, it's 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 insane. Like I said, going back to 2016, that walk-off home run against the Nationals, it's it's like a nice reminder of how far this guy has come. It's 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 it's, it's sensational, honestly. All right, so let's preview the series against the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati, and the Cubs will have an off day. On Monday, they'll be back at it on Tuesday at 3.40 p.m. Central Time. Kyle Hendricks will take the mound for the Cubs. He's 2-4 this year with a 3.19 ERA. He'll be facing off against Tanner Rourke, the former national who's 3-1 with a 3.27 ERA. I gotta say, whenever I see Tanner Rourke's name, I think of that Game 5, or rather Game 4 Against the uh, Nationals in the 2017 NLDS because Steven Strasburg, game. yeah, Steven yeah. Strasburg took over his start. I was that gave me so much anxiety there. I digress. So on Wednesday after that first game, the Cubs will return back and Yu Darvish will be on the mound for the Cubs that day. Uh, he'll be facing Sonny Gray at 3:40 p.m. Central Time. Sonny Gray is 0-4, a 4.15 ERA. Former Yankee, former Athletic, was connected to the Cubs in trade rumors. I feel like for the better portion of three years, he's on the Reds now. Yu Darvish three or two and three with a five point four ERA. On Thursday, the Cubs will finish off this set with Jose Quintana on the mound facing Luis Castillo for the Reds. Q is four and two with a three point five ERA. Castillo four and one a one point seven six ERA. Castillo may have the best pure stuff on the Reds. He had high expectations going into last season, did not live up to them. Came back this season, and now he's living up to them. He's a guy who throws in the mid-upper 90s, showcases good breaking stuff. He's just a nasty pitcher. And that's where we are. So the Cubs are 24-14. and They finished off a two-game winning series against Milwaukee. So now they're two games up of them. Uh, St. Louis just lost two out of three from Pittsburgh, and so the Cubs are rolling right now. Uh, They're still behind the Dodgers as the best team or the best record in the National League, but that's where they are. And at least for me, what I'm looking for this upcoming series is the weekly u Darvish watch cast, if you will. I don't know whatever you want to call that, but I think at this point, everything has almost clicked on this team. The last remaining big piece with a lot of potential is u Darvish. And we just got to get his fastball command back on track. That's what it comes down to. He can't be going out there throwing sixty to seventy sliders per game. Not going to work. And then, of course, monitoring that bullpen with Pedro Strop still, still uh, taking it easy with that grade two hamstring strain. We saw Steve Cishek get the closing chance there. Uh, Brandon Kinstler in Sunday's game uh, got in at a higher level situation that we're seeing than we're used to seeing in the Athenian. So it's going to be interesting where the Cubs go from here. Personally, I said this last time, but just give it to Steve Sijek every time. That's kind of how I operate, but you know Madden's going to play the matchups there. Corey, anything you're looking for in this uh, upcoming series here?
0: Well, I hope they enjoy their off day on Monday. They, they've they earned it, but this is a good place to be, Brendan. You, you've got a multiple game lead in, in the division now, uh, two up on Milwaukee, three and a half on both Pittsburgh and St. Louis by just win percentage the St. Louis Cardinals now in fourth place so uh hopefully they just keep going further and further down the ladder there in the NL Central but yeah i look just keep it going mm-hmm. i mean there there's really not much to say about this team it it almost feels unfair like even going into one of these series Asking too much of them for them to now be, you know, like in that stat I, I read at the beginning from Patrick Mooney, eight series in a row, and it's been that's 10 crazy. since they lost one. Yeah, it, it just feels like, you know, I, that that's probably, I, I guess, not something that they can sustain for the rest of the year. They're probably going to lose a series at some point here. Uh, and I, I I just feel it feels wrong to like even ask that much of them. I, I mean, they, they are picking up those wins. They are not, you know, like we talked about and like they talked about all offseason, they are not leaving some of these games on the table. Throughout this stretch, there have been multiple series where they dropped the first game. And in order to end up winning the series, they needed to win two in a row. And time and time again, they have come through and done just that. And it's just been you know the 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 Chris Bryant word of the month is is super I think and it's just been super fun to watch this team do this and rack up these series wins so you know you just try to keep going you know you're heading out on the road like the you know you're not you're not playing in the comfort of home though when it's 40 and raining every night I'm not sure how, how much of a comfort that really is Uh, and, you know, it's just about staying the course, you know, now you head on on the road, you, you're, you're playing some teams, you know, especially in the Reds that are, trying to get themselves back into this mix they're you know currently seven and a half behind the Cubs uh but with it you know it's 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 mid-may so you know they're not going to be thrilled I think they had higher expectations for themselves obviously with the moves that they made in the offseason bringing over Puig, etc and so you know when you when you get the Cubs in there you you know that you're going to be getting the best from these other teams so it's it's just about you know keeping keeping on course here but they've they've just done such an incredible job over these last 10 series that I'm content to just show up and watch, uh, at least for the time being, just because they, they have done everything that I think we could have asked of them. And I'm you know, not really going to sit around and, and ask them for anything in particular. I will say, uh, you know, you mentioned Castillo on the Reds. He is someone to keep an eye on because he is fourth on that list uh, in terms of Major League Baseball's ERA leaderboard. And we need to keep John at the top. So we're going to have to put some runs on him. He's got a 1.76 ERA on the season. He's been very good for the Reds. So the Cubs are going to have to do their boy John a favor and, you know, bump that ERA up uh, a notch or two. <laughs> (laughs) But other than that, I'm with you. Like, you know, look, um, we get a a really big performance on Saturday, a four-inning relief spot from Tyler Chatwood. We get, uh, you know, the five innings of relief in uh, that Miami game from Mike Montgomery And, you know, you just want to see you Darvish join the fray here. Uh, We've talked an awful lot about how good his stuff is and just how nasty his pitches are. His velos look great. And if they can just figure out a way to, to keep those walks down... This rotation is going to be firing on all cylinders and really the pitching staff as a whole. So uh I, I don't I, I think with the way that these other starters have gone and the way that some of these guys in the bullpen and some of these long men have stepped up, it has not put that pressure on him uh in terms of like we need this performance or it is like make or break for this team but you never know when you're going to get to that point and it it also represents a chance for this rotation to just blast off to a, a, a totally separate level you know with what we've been seeing from Hendricks lately Cole Hamills with another good outing you know he's nearing a sub three ERA John Lester atop the MLB's leaderboard and Jose Quintana, you know, putting up some of his best stretch of baseball, you know, as a Chicago Cub. So if if you can can dial that in and, you know, he doesn't have to be Cy Young level, but just not walking so many guys and delivering such short outings, you, you really, again, are, are going to start getting carried away with, like, the potential of this team and and just how high this, this team can fly. So yeah. Take take it day by day, but just keep doing your thing. I mean, they're they're playing amazing baseball. So it, it I I am uh, not requesting anything specific. Just keep doing your thing. They 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 seem to have that handled.
1: I, I would I would request a little bit more from Darvish though. So <laughs> imagine if he goes out there and shoves and throws like seven innings of one or two walk baseball. I mean, that's going to pump all of us up. So yeah. The 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 thing with Darvish is at this point it's not. Maybe a necessity. He comes out here and and gets it back together immediately. But you want to see at least some baby steps here. And for him, it's that fastball command. And then also in addition to Darvish, I I have a greater sense of comfort seeing what Montgomery did, um, in that Miami series, and then just seeing what Chatwood, like you were saying, keeps doing. That does have value. It gives your it gives the manager more flexibility in his decisions to let's say pull a guy earlier in a game for let's say like someone on second base third base and in fifth inning you take a pitcher out pinch hit you can put in Chatwood or montgomery for two three innings that has significance and that's it's it's one of those formulas that the dodgers have used in the years past with kinta maeda and ross Rippling. and even houston when they went on their world series run they utilized the same strategy where you're utilizing this these mix and match swing relief starting pitchers it's it's not to be overlooked. And to, for, for, to have Montgomery and Chatwood back on board to levels we expect would be a big deal. So, you know, going into these next few series, looking at how Darvish rebounds, but more importantly, looking at how Montgomery continues to look back from his injury, seeing Chatwood, although his command is not where I think he even wants it. Walker is still at around six. He's looked much better. And just seeing him progress, because by August and September, you want an idea of what your bullpen's going to look like. And for me, my hopes are that Montgomery and Chatwood are somewhat of staples that can be relied on in even the high leverage situations in those flex situations, Corey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think with that, that is all that we have for you. Uh, we will certainly be back with you after the Cubs finish up with the Reds on thursday and hopefully we can just keep these good vibes rolling because i gotta tell you folks talking about the first place chicago cubs is an awful lot of fun and i don't know about you but i wouldn't mind if they just never lost a series again it's certainly uh an enjoyable thing for us from a fan perspective i think you guys would probably agree so other than that i think that's all we have for you uh as always thank you guys very much for listening you can reach Brendan at Cubs Related on Twitter. That is also our Instagram handle, but that would be me you are speaking to. I am at CF Cubs Related. On Twitter, you can find our work, mostly Brendan's, but some of mine, on CubsInsider.com. I run those social media handles as well, at Real Cubs Insider, so you can find us in any of those places. As always, we thank you guys for listening. We thank you guys for submitting those five-star reviews and comments on the iTunes store. We very much appreciate that. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, iHeartRadio, etc. And as always, if you listen to podcasts on a particular medium that we are not available on, let us know. And if there is a way for us to rectify that, we will do so. So again, thank you guys very much for listening, and go Cubs!
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.